I'm Clarence. And I'm DJ Nuna. And you're listening to Up in the Air. A podcast exploring the creative, social, and political world around us. Featuring conversations with our lovely friends and special guests each episode. Stay up in the air and come float with us. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Up in the Air. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Ariel Chan. She uh, graduated from the UW recently, and she is out in Hong Kong um, doing some freelance. And then now she's more recently in London working at Lippincott as a design intern, which is absolutely fantastic. One of the biggest design firms out there. And we're just so honored and so pleasured to have you. Ariel, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, we're, I'm doing really good. And uh, how are you guys been in Seattle? Good, good. We have some sunshine today, which is nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... it's a bit sunny in London um, today, but then usually it's pretty rainy and there was like snow the other day. So it was quite cold here, but I miss Seattle. <laughs> we had some snow, I think a week or two ago, and it was, it was interesting during quarantine I think we are already inside and then more so we got snowed in I think it got it got a little worse so everyone was snowed in for mm-hmm. a bit but yeah we're glad to hear that you're doing well in London how is things like COVID wise over there uh yeah so I I came to London went during the height of the pandemic actually when there was like 50k cases so it was oh a pretty God. tough decision to like fly over from Hong Kong, which was like the pretty cautious about COVID place, right? Right. Um, They would freak out about like 20 cases a day, whereas here, like you see like 50 cases a day, and then um, people are still like not wearing masks here and there. So it's pretty interesting to see that cultural transition too. Um, But I think now it's doing a lot better, like it's decreasing, as I've heard in Seattle as well, right? Um, So now in London, they have um, maybe like about 8,000. All right, like it's still okay, but like not yeah. too great. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Seattle same page. Like we during the snowstorm, we saw like Greek row partying it up during during the <laughs> pandemic, no masks on. And yeah, yeah. definitely cases or cases have decreased, but I think also the vaccine is helping a lot. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'm really hoping that by the fall things will get somewhat back to normal so yeah I hope so too because I heard about like you guys going into online quarter um online year right and I was like oh dang (laughs) I thought it would be over by now but it's not yeah Yeah, I remember when y'all were graduating um for everyone listening Ariel graduated this past or one spring ago (laughs) I guess it's already almost (laughs) spring but um yeah, y'all were graduating at the peak of like the start of the pandemic. And yeah, we were curious as to how that experience was. Um, since a lot of our peers and ourselves were graduating at still the peak of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. yeah, how was that experience for you? Yeah, honestly, um, that year was pretty tough. Um, I think there was just a lot of like worries and anxiety coming in and graduating the pandemic really like heightened more of the uncertainty and the worries. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I was like coming off from uh, like a junior internship with Airbnb and expected to like hear back and like have that like expected plan to, you know, like stay in the US and everything. But 
of course it didn't go to plan because like Airbnb was just went to public like IPO and then mm -hmm. um, they were only hiring senior designers so um, eventually then after I was like I have to shift my focus into job hunting now so that really added into the pressure because you know like how in the UW program there's always this pressure of like um, securing a job before graduation, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yes. We, all have to think about that. <laughs> we are familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there was always that thing um, behind my mind, and it just stuck through me, like, throughout senior year and um, couldn't get it out. And um, there's always this pressure of, like, once you're in Airbnb, what's the next big thing? Like, being in big tech and everything, right? Right. So, yeah, just things didn't really seem to work out just because I was also an international student, which added also like the complexity of like the visa situation. There right. were definitely, um, yeah, some potential opportunities to uh, join a company or like a agency here and there, but then eventually it didn't work out because they couldn't, they weren't able to like monetarily sponsor or like support um, international students, right? Getting into the job. So uh, this is why you see like, um, international students often opt for like IXD inter interaction design mm -hmm. <laughs> programs because they have three-year OPT which is like optional practical training I think mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's been a process but I'm pretty thankful um, afterwards like just navigating through job hunting I was pretty proactive in like connecting with UW design alumni and UW Design has created such a strong network for me to like connect with alumni from like Google, uh, Pinterest, and it was just interesting to hear about like their perspective and mm -hmm. uh, their feedback on my portfolio. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> um, I think some of it also felt like false hope in some sense, like the vicious cycle of like, you're getting so close to something, but then there's like a prospect of something, but then later on, like, you just be like, oh, we just stopped hiring midway or like, oh, the internship is canceled. So there's always these moments where right. it's like a uh, peak and then mm -hmm. it went downhill from there. Um, but yeah, um, I think that is like the gist of like graduating the pandemic, but I was fortunate enough to um, get back to like return back home and also reunite with family. So that was the optimistic mm -hmm. part, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we saw that you did, you know, like coming out of the university, you're doing a lot of freelance mm -hmm. work. And I mean, just thinking about like that, like the pressure of having work to do and like being busy during that period mm -hmm. of time, like it must have been, you know, crazy, like so stressful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty stressful since, um, but shortly after um, all the job hunting um, process, I was reached out by um, Sean Wolcott. Um, he's a previous like web design professor from the UW design program. And he taught one of the classes and then he was reaching out and just saying like, oh, things are kind of picking up at my studio, um, was, uh, which is called like Rationale. And so he uh, contacted me because he liked some of the projects that I did with him during the class. And he was just saying like, oh, maybe there could be an opportunity for you to contract. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really the kickstart of my freelance, I think. Um, and then people start to notice like, oh, I'm free, like after graduation and they see like some of my work on Instagram and stuff. So they're like <laughs> referring here and there. Um, so referral after referral, which I was pretty thankful and fortunate enough um, to have that connection and just uh, pick up the freelance work. And it's been interesting to um, do like freelance work that are 
aside from like UX UI, which I started out of um, just early on in the sophomore and junior year internships. Um, so a lot of work that I did was more like logo design, um, mm -hmm. e-commerce web design, or like uh, motion design, packaging design for different types of clients in different industries. Um, so it was great to have that awareness, um, not just in tech, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that something that you sort of prefer or lean towards? Like, do you like one more than the <laughs> other? Yeah, so this is a thing that I've been thinking throughout just by um, applying to different jobs or also thinking about the routes that I could take after graduation. I think I've been fortunate enough to have the foundation of like VCD, which is such a great program, like um, giving you a lot of like breadth of like skills. Uh, there's like interface design, there's motion, there's like branding, right? And exhibition design, which you guys are doing right now is really mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and also taking electives in interaction design really helped. Um, so having those experiences helped me like think about the broad paths that I could take. Um, but I think the difference between tech and maybe like agency work or consultancy work is that tech is really like big. So there's this often like um, prestige, right? Like people would be really impressed that you're working for like Facebook or um, Airbnb. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Microsoft, <laughs> like yeah. those companies, yeah. um, because you know those brands and they're pretty like popular. Um, I think being in tech though, it is quite big. They focus a lot on hyper growth. So a lot of the stuff that you do is more like problems iterating into sub problems. Um, mm -hmm. For example, like in Airbnb, I was working on design language system, which is like the design kit of the UI components on your Airbnb app screen, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they had some before, but then they were looking into iterating into like the second version, like the newer version, or like mm -hmm. they're introducing Airbnb Plus to Airbnb Lux, like all these types of new features to really keep the app on its toes and keep enticing people to use it. I think that is what tech is really all about. Um, whereas I think like consultancy and agency, it's more creative. Um, it's really challenging, but rewarding in a sense. Like um, I think consultancy work, you often have to be aware of your context. Like I worked with um, different industries, right? Uh, have to learn about the context of those industries. Uh, now I'm working on like a project for wealth management and investments, which I didn't know anything about, but I have to be like right. uh, research and know more about that to really empathize with that uh, context that I'm designing for. Mm -hmm. um, and the people there are very smart. So I think it's an exciting time for me to explore uh, that field and not just like be like tech, 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 because I'm an international, international <laughs> student and I have to default into the tech path, right? So I think it's good for now. And it's something that I think my skill sets are aligned to. Um, so it's pretty interesting, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting how um, you just mentioned like the wealth management company to work for and like you having to do the research so that you could fully empathize with the user. Did you find yourself also integrating that in like your tech experiences or did you see that also amongst your peers? Because um, I know that the tech design culture can also feel a lot different than like the more independent smaller studio feels as well yeah yeah definitely I think um yeah there's certain like challenges in tech uh even just from my internship experience at Airbnb there's like things that I didn't know going into a role that was more like design systems and digital accessibility which I didn't know anything about at first mm -hmm. and I think 
what really uh, stood out to me from Airbnb's program is that even though I did know about these things, I was invited to this role to know more and learn more. So it was like a great structured internship program for me to like follow my manager who was more specialized into these fields and always have that consistency of like learning and growing. I think even past like these um, experiences in different like sectors in consultancy or tech, you have to have this mindset of like a growth mindset, I think. Um, that doesn't change, like, even if you're working for tech or, like, if you're working for agency work, I think they expect you to learn on the job and research and also, like, be willing to, um, you know, like, be uh, growing in discomfort or, like, just be adaptable in the process. Um, and I think um, just, like, in Airbnb, the research was more maybe, like, internal, I think, because it's such a role that... Um, is designing for like internal tools. So I had the privilege of like maybe like educating people about digital accessibility when they're like new hires um, coming in and uh, uh, also designing tool kits and guidelines for people to adapt to like the components that they're using for their screens to make new flows. Like there's so many things that I think uh, allows for that type of research, yeah. No, yeah, that's super cool to hear just like how versatile your experiences are and how you've really well adapted to all the different spaces. Um, I think another question I had, because um, I struggle with this, I know a lot of our peers in the program struggle with this, but you mentioned um, like prestige attached to certain companies, especially that are in mm -hmm. tech, because I don't know about y'all, but even when I describe what I do, like that I'm studying design, some people are still like, what is that? And then when you mention companies like the more prestigious ones like Google or Amazon or Microsoft, I think you said, like that's when it rings a bell. But um, yeah, I guess how did you kind of overcome that? Because I think with the pandemic, a lot of us are like a job is a job like you start you have to start somewhere. But at the same time, like wanting to have a job that you fully enjoy that is like worth your time. Because um, I think, yeah, it's been hard for me to get over the whole, like, prestigious label because mm -hmm. I want to work somewhere that I both like, but also I guess it gets in my head sometimes, too, if it's, like, people don't know where I work or things like that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it got to my head at first as well, just coming off from these, like, brands and stuff, like, having experience at Airbnb, and then I'm, like, thinking, oh, do I have to get somewhere better than Airbnb? <laughs> but yeah. it's honestly, I feel like personally, I've learned to almost stop comparing in that way. I think it's, comparison is like the thief of joy or something that I've heard uh, as an <laughs> advice. But I think it's really like, um, honestly, you have to find somewhere that you're comfortable and uh, to grow in and also like not just like, going in for like the benefits or the pay right mm -hmm. I think you really have to like go somewhere where you think that you could really be passionate in and enjoy I'm not saying that tech is not something that people can't be passionate in I think a lot of the times though like people I know from tech they start working in tech and then like two to three years then they are like oh I feel like I'm not being creative enough or something but there's always room to be creative for example you can adopt like hobbies or interests I, a lot of people at Airbnb I know like they have side gigs um so some people have their own studios or like some people do wow. like um handiwork right there's so many things that can keep you going in certain ways and I think um also the beauty of consultancy is that 
uh, there's flexibility and there's versatility. And often the work goes a bit more unnoticed maybe because they're behind the scenes, but oftentimes you can also like be more of the mindset, like I can be the one to uh, show people that this is what it's all about. Um, so like, I didn't even like uh, realize that Looking Caught was behind like uh, the Andy Warhol, like famous can label <laughs> design <laughs> or like Pizza Hut logo. Like there's these things that um, I didn't notice before, but it's all so um, uh, refined and so like um, intentional, like these designs like that we've been living for so long, like long-term brands that Looking Caught was behind. So I think that is just what, um, my take on it but honestly it's also a journey to be like not comparing or like mm -hmm. <laughs> and stuff so yeah just right. find what you like I think mm -hmm. and not compare about the more um I think logistical or like um surface level things <laughs> yeah. so at at UW um I know that when we first met it was kind of like um you, I think we, there was a portfolio <laughs> review happening at the same time. At, yes, at the, time. the IDA and, portfolio review. Yes, yeah. and I was just like so nervous and I was like, I don't know if this is even worth my time because I have nothing to show. But you really kindly offered to just take a look at my portfolio, like just on the <laughs> side, like in the back of the room. Um, and you just offered some really good insight like about accessibility and like how, you know, type size, mm -hmm. like all those things, right? And it's so like so sweet of you to do that but also I was wondering like like I don't know what what is behind that feeling that urge to like want to like help other students because I know like sometimes when you go through the program like you're at the top like you're on your way out it's whatever you know like, <laughs> you know you, you want to finish but you know it, it looked like you were doing a lot of kind of like looking back and helping other creatives get their get on their feet and I was just wondering like what what pushed you to do that? Yeah, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think sometimes when I do that or have the urge to do that is because I think of myself in these other people's shoes, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I think back to the time when I started off in design and I was still discovering like where my passion was in and being so clueless about the whole process. And I was really at that time also craving for like, some help or guidance um, to really help me like get through like these <laughs> troubled, difficulty times, right? Mm -hmm. And um, just being able to be in a spot where I have gained a lot of like trials and experiences now uh, mm -hmm. really motivated me to maybe give back to other people like what I have learned and what I've gained as insight to help them like through that process as well. And I think that really like ties back to um, uh, also like leadership positions I held in uh, UW clubs, like for example, in uh, design, um, designing for like Gray Matters, uh, which is a neuroscience like uh, magazine at that time, um, um, just was able to like also uh, mentor like aspiring designers from like other majors who wanted to do dabble in design and hosting like InDesign tutorials, like really satisfied me in the way that they are able to take something off from that session as well, not to just like be in the club, do everything like just as they're told, but gaining like a new skill. Um, so I think like um, just having that like aspect really inspired me to like reach out to people and even like joining, I think like co-folios on the side, um, <laughs> which is something I think I learned like during the um, P 
period of my internship, like hearing about like portfolio student office hours and how mm-hmm. ask you like develop this whole thing. It's another aspect that I was really passionate about leaving from Airbnb, like having that internal role to educate people as well. So there's this type of like education and mentorship that I always like thought that was really important that people might not have gotten um, or have the privilege to uh, reach out to people and have that like education maybe because oftentimes like design tools are pretty costly. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) I feel like every once in a while we, we always like revisit your portfolio (laughs) portfolio and we're like, Oh my God, it's so refined. Like this is like inspiration. (laughs) Really? Oh, but honestly, honestly, it was just like about iterating, right? Like there's still some things I spot on my portfolio that aren't good, but I just like, make a note out make a note out of it and then mm-hmm. go back to the editor and like refine that detail I think that self-awareness is pretty important too so um uh, well it's <laughs> encouraging I guess that you guys no, yeah I mean, Clarence, like Clarence shared his experience I have a portfolio review with you too I oh, think yes. it was I remember. At, yeah my my third year because Clarence and I are both fifth years so um, oh, I remember I, I was so nervous. It was also like at the beginning of when portfolios were being made, but you seriously met myself and I heard like Clarence's experience. I know you're kind of, you were a mentor for like Michael Oying. Um, like we've just all had <laughs> such great experiences because you meet us with a lot of kindness, but also you're really thorough with your feedback. And I think, like you said, design tools are really inaccessible and um Clarence and I recently read an article by this RSO called Recess and it was this girl sharing mm-hmm. about her getting rejected from the program after mm-hmm. they put her all into it so I think it's really great that you're having your services open open for people um I don't know have you ever like given feedback to someone that wasn't a design like a traditional design student before um yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, and I totally remember that time when I, <laughs> I gave you, the, gave so you feedback. I was like, IXDA office hours, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no, it wasn't awkward at all. And I remember it was in Pyrex <laughs> and the guest. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I miss it. It's so, such yeah, a Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, so t- to answer your question um, about like uh, giving feedback to maybe more non-traditional designers, right? Or like people outside of design. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were definitely that op- the, those opportunities like during my time mentoring for um, Cofolio's office hours. And I think um, the pace started to pick up when like my uh, profile got published and I met some of my descriptions of my bio and then people were just like booking <laughs> on like Canonly and like asking me for sessions. And some of the people were pretty diverse. Like I expected more like undergrads, like um, getting into the industry, right? Like graduating, what should I do? Um, but it's more like people also, like I remember this person, his name's Kevin, and um, he is an architecture student uh, uh, from like a Canadian university, I think. And then he was just on the peak of like, you know, I want to get out of architecture and do design. And I was like, whoa, am I in this position <laughs> to like help you, you know, since you're making that major career change. And um, fortunately, like, um, I've given a lot of, like, time and effort, like, also extending some of my office hours uh, to help him get through, like, some of this interview process, and at one point, he was also asking me about, like, um, what should he improve in his interview behavior, like, what are the right answers to interview questions? Honestly, there's no, like, right answer, but there is a way where you can, like, shape 
the answer to become more like, you know, like an attitude of like willing to learn and um, be open-minded, right? Like all of these like fundamental principles that could guide how you can answer these questions, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like another um, mentee, I think, um, that also just graduated and trying to break into like a more product design career well. I think she was an economics student before, but she was just like, oh, like there's something about product design that really intrigues me and I really want to (laughs) make that career change. Um, And she was also kind enough to like participate in one of my like surveys and gave me like feedback saying that it was one of the like, like uh, greatest session that she's had. Like she learned a lot like in one session rather than like just making like uh, follow like tutorials on her own. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to see like people um uh, making that change first of all but also being open and so curious and passionate and hardworking to work towards their goals mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. um so it's really inspiring um to see like people like also from switzerland egypt <laughs> um all yeah, like reaching well. out like from different parts of the world That's yeah so it was yeah it's quite a um nice volunteer experience um yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, I think when we, uh, on past episodes, we've talked about how like design is sort of gatekeeping now and that mm. you don't see a lot of, I mean, I guess like it's, it's harder to find the right people, you know, who are willing to help mm-hmm. you like, so it's beautiful that you're doing that. And I mean, you did that and that you're continuing to talk about, you know, how to navigate the industry. But um, I was also wondering so I know that you've been you were back in Hong Kong for a bit and I was just like looking through your Instagram feed I'm like oh my god like it's beautiful out there like I haven't been back in maybe like four years or so um four years yeah because my my family is originally from there so we Mm -hmm. used to go like every summer um and then yeah we just life you know got busy (laughs) but yeah for sure yeah, I, I think I was really interested to know like what your experience was um, during your undergrad, knowing that there's so much happening back home, because mm. I mean I remember doing uh, motion design and for my countdown video, I, I like Hong Kong was like my kind of topic that I chose and yeah. kind of based it around that. But I was wondering like how was how was it you know dealing with and like kind of navigating that. Um, time of your undergrad Mm -hmm. yeah and I think I I mean I I was born and raised in like Hong Kong like for 17 years of my life and then I made that transition right to go Mm -hmm. to abroad for university and just within that four years um, a lot of this stuff (laughs) at first was pretty scary um, just being alone and being a place where family wasn't nearby and um also being more independent is something that I had to learn throughout the way as well. Um, and also towards like junior year, I think, right, when a lot of things happened at home with the protests and like uh, everything uh, that was changing more like the political climate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that was pretty hard at first to hear like my family being over in Hong Kong and they're like going through all these things, but I'm so far away and I don't know how to, how I could help or like how I could um, almost like empathize in some ways because mm-hmm. I'm so far from the situation. But also it has just taught me to be more family first in priority. Um, a lot of the times I think at times uh, when I'm having fun in Seattle or like 
when I have friends or something like I would take it for granted like I would take um my family for granted because they're always there right? right um but just being able to like connect with them once in a while like keep in touch and um having like even like talking to my siblings when they're in like London or something <laughs> ha- having that opportunities were like really good for me to just like be in the know and also not be like detached from that like uh, cultural identity that I have and I will always have because oftentimes I think like just being an international student and going through like trips and like changes and cultural changes and transitions you often would be like neglecting <laughs> where your roots are at mm. but I think it's really important to really embrace that identity and keep in mind that you're still from that place and um yes which is something that I learned throughout as well um just given that I was born in Hong Kong, but I'm not like super good at Cantonese, <laughs> like having all these like perks here and there, like um, made me realize that I could connect it with better mindset or like have a better awareness towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, well, my Cantonese is terrible. So <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. No, my, my like, my friends make fun of me because they're like, sometimes, when you're on the phone with your dad, like you'd be speaking Cantonese, but then you throw in like really big words, like precipitation, you know, and I'm like, true. Yeah, Canto English. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but um, so now you're in London and we heard a little bit about kind of like how it is with COVID and all that, but also I was wondering like, how is it living are you living on your own in London at the moment yeah yeah so I do have um some family in London I have like relatives here and um my brother was studying in London uh but then he went back because it's just online quarter and uh his schedule's more of like flexible so Mm. um I do have some like family and I know some friends around like London as well um but currently I've just been like (laughs) camping here uh, in the studio and stuff, <laughs> because just because making that like transition was a pivotal decision, I think, to be in the same time zone and be present with the work that I'm doing in that time zone, right? And I think it would have been tough if I stayed in Hong Kong and maybe like wake up at 12 and then slept at 4 a.m. <laughs> and not really be present with my family because they would be in different times so was like living different lives almost yeah um, yeah 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 so yeah so it currently just like here for the meantime um yeah <laughs> no yeah one of our classmates lives in Singapore and has to wake up at wild times just to tune into class and it's oh yeah I feel so bad I, just for everyone like learning remotely if they're international especially yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I heard Julia's in Hong Kong too or um Julia oh, yeah. uh, from IXD IXD yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh, so it's yeah. just <laughs> difficult um yeah yeah but definitely I think the time it, but it's just interesting to see that we're in the period period where like remote learning or like uh, remote work is so flexible given that we're in the digital age as well like designers being in this position like can work so flexibly within like different areas and um, even just for freelance as well like um, I had the I was fortunate enough to still be connected with like clients in the U.S. and they trusted me to take on that responsibility mm-hmm. to work for them in a different time zone and just like hand stuff mm-hmm. off and work mm-hmm. through that like time schedule I think that's um, uh, really interesting experience (laughs) and the learning process too right Um, I think 
Yeah, there's a lot of pros and cons. Like you said, it really enables um, collaboration beyond like where you live. I think that's really great. And I think a con, but also a pro is that I feel like designing has, it feels a lot more private because you're not like in the classroom, you're not in the workspace, like doing your work and Mm -hmm. you're just like in your room. And I think, yeah, redefining what collaboration looks like has been really interesting. Like I remember Clarence and I were on a group project and we spent like seven hours on a Zoom call with four of our other group members. And um, yeah, definitely trying to make it a more sustainable practice, but also just Mm -hmm. making it work has been interesting. Um, But you did mention um, how like a lot of people um, that you worked with in tech, they have some personal hobbies or passion projects outside of um outside of their work and I know that you do you have a little Etsy shop which is really (laughs) exciting um but how has it been kind of balancing that I thought the Among Us stickers are so cute yeah yeah that was really random for the Among Us stickers but I think I was getting into the game and there was like hype about it and then um yeah (laughs) it was pretty fun just like making like random doodles and transforming them into like prints and stickers um yeah, so I think during my freelance period, there was often always this like make up your own time and schedule. And even for freelance, like um, you can say that you can be busy if you have multiple projects lined up and you choose to multitask like projects all at once, which I did, <laughs> which is sometimes why I was so busy at one time and then like so free another time. So there was often these like gaps in between my schedule and I didn't want to just be like sitting here and waiting for uh, the next thing to do or like my next assignment or like um, while I'm still hunting for jobs, I still wanted to keep my creativity going and just um, explore different areas that I was interested in. Um, It was pretty inspired by like, uh, I don't know if you guys took like AP art back in high school, but um, like AP art um, sales, like I, there were like classmates who often like uh, sold their artwork and like having all these like experience just to uh, navigate in the small business world was really um, something that I wanted to do um, on the side. So Etsy was always like something that I tried, but it didn't work out. But I finally had the time to like try it uh, during some of my free time and um, also inspired by some of my side projects. So like a project that I've worked on was like the NPS interface design class app with uh, Andrew Allen. Have you guys had him? Or, yeah. yeah had, <laughs> so, <laughs> right, like right when COVID hit at the end of the class. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. But that was such a great class as well to learn about like product design and like app design. Right. And um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So just transforming like the national parks uh, badges, like those illustrations with my teammates, like into stickers was like a nice start for me to almost like um, start this Etsy. But of course, like um, there's more things I wanted to explore with and maybe like have a chance to dig deeper and not just make stickers, like maybe pins or like other prints. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's just been a side gig since uh, I've always liked like illustrating, so. <laughs> no, so, yeah. so design, okay, I, I will say design, we chose this like, career path that's probably one of the most stressful things ever and like you're you know you're talking about doing an Etsy shop which I'm sure it's like for fun but could produce a little bit of stress you know but then you also have you know you're interning now and like 
just there's so many things going on and I'm wondering what do you do for self-care <laughs> yeah yeah um I think just coming off from like a year of um, mental health and like emotional health recovery right like just from this like pandemic <laughs> situation um just some things that I've been like doing like free time on the side like I've been uh cooking like trying new recipes um I remember in Hong Kong, like I would try to like learn new mu music. So I bought like a ukulele back in Seattle and then I shifted back. <laughs> um, so I played it, um, some guitar learning as well. Since I learned the piano when I was little, but I always wanted to learn guitar, which is really cool, um, but not good at it <laughs> at all. Yeah, um, that's like the reverse for me. I'm like, <laughs> I learned the guitar, so I want to learn the piano now. But <laughs> oh, really, yeah, the piano, um, have you found it easy to learn or? No. <laughs> well, I think, I think like I'm aware, like I know like chords, you know, so like I'm not like, it's not like completely new to me, but yeah, yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I don't put enough time into it. So <laughs> yeah, same. It's just been such a busy period. So I've just been like dabbling uh, mm -hmm. and um, playing when I have time yeah. and learning songs that I like, I guess it's more like the way it goes. Um, but yeah, music wise, it's like that. And what back then I also like had the time to like spend some time with like Hong Kong friends where I haven't like connected in a while so that was great spending time with like my dogs and my family going to parks I think that was really fun as well um just having that family bonding time and um I guess more like movies and tv shows <laughs> have you guys been watching any <laughs> yeah no wait I okay I'm raving about this new show it's not really new but it's recently been streaming on uh, HBO Max it's called Warrior, and it's about like San Francisco Chinatown in like the like right before the Chinese Exclusion Act. So it'd be like eighteen, like fifties or some shit, you know, like eighteen sixties. Wow. Um, but it's wild because it's like produced by Bruce Lee's daughter, and it's like all you know Asian people in the show, and oh. it's like. Oh no, wait, I gotta just... check that out. I just got an HBO subscription. <laughs> There we go. We le we're leveling up. I would, like, I, would, I would always ask Clarence, like, yo, can I have a password? Like, can you? Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's just like so interesting to watch the show because it's like all Asian people, but they're, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, there is a little bit of that talk about like representation and like, yeah, things, yeah but yeah. it's more so just like an action kind of like TV show. And I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I should add that to the list. Yeah. But what, what about you? What have you been watching or any films too? Um, I recently watched um, The Boys, which is something like about like a universe where um, superheroes are uh, have like evil intentions or they're like malicious in a way. They're not really saving yeah. people, but then they're like promoting more like their fame and identity right <laughs> so that was really interesting storyline and I was watching like uh, a horror series called like um, Haunting of Hill House oh my god <laughs> yeah, so that good. was really cool so yeah good. so good oh so good <laughs> yeah yeah and um, just been trying to pick up some of the popular uh, cultural references by watching like Star Wars <laughs> and like uh, trying to also catch up with like Harry Potter and stuff did like you catch happened, a lot so. of slander like when you're in the states kind of when people are like oh have you seen star wars you're like no uh, <laughs> yeah i i i think so i i'm not sure but like as often people like have this like reference and i'm like what what is that 
yeah. like a meme, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like I saw this tweet about how Americans really take one piece of entertainment and make it their entire personality. Like, there's definitely people of like Star Wars, Harry Potter, like The Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the key ones. Yeah. That's a no. Those are really good choices. I. I'm a huge fan of the boys too. Like it's so like, so like violent, but you know. <laughs> Wait, what? That's how, yeah. What yeah. platform is that one on? It's uh. I think Amazon Prime. Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Prime Video. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it's great to hear how you're taking care of yourself and just balancing all these things and excelling at all of them honestly like we're such huge fans and we love seeing just your work on instagram and we always peep your portfolio like we mentioned <laughs> um but yeah we are already almost out of time so we wanted to end the episode with a song of the week which is something that you've just been listening to throughout the week something that's been giving you joy or something that's like bringing you peace so anything um we're open to it yeah we love new music recommendations <laughs> um well recently I, I remember like just coming to london i discovered like the band hers have you guys heard mm. of hers yes. yeah and i didn't know that they passed away which is really sad yeah so i've just been listening to um the song like what once was on repeat and i was like really sad and emotional <laughs> so hopefully it's not too sad of a song of the week or, Did they, um, wait, they, then, they yeah. have a song called Marcel? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's my like yeah, one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really they're good. Really good. Mm. Yeah, but no, so I'm nice. always, I'm always looking for sad songs. I, I love them. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just like um, it's a pretty like groovy beat and um, um, it's pretty catchy. But like the title, like what once was, really caught to me because what once was was the <laughs> as well. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you um is is that kind of like representative of your sort of music taste like is that sort of the yeah music that I mean, you typically I'm, listen to? <laughs> I'm pretty open to different genres um mm. I have like playlists for different genres but uh I tend to listen to like indie um indie mm. genres so I yeah. think indie all or like those types are really interesting so always up for Perfect. those if you have any recs <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can go next. Um, so my song of the week is called So Incredible Dot Package. Um, it's by Denzel Curry. I know, I'm like looking at the, the name of the song, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's by Denzel Curry and uh, Kenny Beats. And they are, they have a album that they did together last year, but they're kind of like doing another, like a sort of like a remix version of it now, but with a lot of different features. So on this one, uh, Robert Glasper is on it and Shmino. But yeah, I just really like Robert Glasper because he's a very, um, you know, popular uh, jazz musician. So it's like always interesting for me to hear a mix of jazz and like hip hop. But anyways, I, I would recommend it. <laughs> Pretty cool. I'll check it out. Um, and I can wrap us up. Um, I would say my song of the week is a song by Kali Uchis. It's called <laughs> it's like I don't know. Telepatia. And it's part of her bilingual album. And I think it's such a it's really popping off right now. I think it it's recently gotten so many streams because it's 
viral on TikTok, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. It's very ethereal and has a really whimsical feeling to it. I feel like, have you listened to Kali Uchis? It's like really alternative R&B, um, but that is my song of the week. It's been on repeat. I start my, I start every morning with it. So <laughs> that's my song of the week. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. It's just so great to see you again. It's been so long. Um, so it's nice to catch up and we really appreciate you sharing the wisdom to yeah. us young creatives and, you know, yeah, our peers. So alike. Yeah, it was really great seeing you guys again, like after a year or so. And hopefully you guys are enjoying senior year to the best of your ability. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. We're still working on it. <laughs> but thank you again and everyone we will have all of ariel's links down below um so make sure to check out um all of their work um on their portfolio and instagram um but yeah thank you again tune in next week